Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter. At Gator Dave underscore SEC. Coming at you right here. Billy Napier just spoke to the media after the Gators' second scrimmage of the spring. And we get to hear from Darnell Stapleton, offensive line coach. And Richie Leonard along the offensive line as well. They spoke to the media earlier this week. So we'll get a little bit more offensive line talk. We've talked a lot about the offensive line uh, this spring. So we'll do it one more time uh, in depth. Hey, look, second scrimmage is a week before the orange and blue game. So we only got a week of spring practice left, a week to hear from all these assistant coaches. Uh, The only time we get to hear from them uh, and, and these players too. So, I believe uh, Billy Gonzalez will be up on Saturday. So we get to hear from Billy Gonzalez and him being back in Gainesville. So we get to hear his thoughts straight from him. We've got to ask some players. We've got to ask some coaches about Billy G returning. But now we'll get to talk to him and uh, hopefully some more receivers as well. Ricky Pierce all spoke to the media earlier. Uh, I'll include what he had to say uh, as we take a big dive into the wide receivers on the next episode of Gators Breakdown. But hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We'll get into a little bit of what Billy Napier had to say after this second scrimmage for the Gators. And um, be sure to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. What, what you waiting on? What you waiting on? Uh, that likes, those likes and su- subscribes go a long way. And also, link is in the description to join Gators Breakdown Plus. A lot of new members uh, lately taking advantage of that Discord server, keeping the conversation going there with all the recruiting chatter. And, of course, supposed to be a big recruiting day for the Gator. I mean, Billy Napier spoke to it. You know, The reason this game is on a Thursday night is to avoid all the other spring games on a Saturday and get the recruits on campus on Thursday. So all that conversation going on on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord, you get access to that Discord by joining Gators Breakdown Plus with a link in the description. So, all right. Let's get to Billy Napier. And look, he um, felt a little bit better about this scrimmage. You know, quote, mixed bag. It was, quote, less ugly than the, than the first scrimmage. And you would expect. You would expect the team to, to be getting better heading into this second scrimmage a week before the spring game. You would hope it's uh, less ugly than the, the, than the first one. But he says, you know, right now they're just throwing a whole lot of combinations out there. Uh, and... Without some players, uh, have some injuries, especially along the offensive line. Uh, you'll hear him get into that a bit too. But uh, this one was more of a true game compared to the first one. The first scrimmage, a lot of situational football, uh, down and distance, red zone, all that. You know, just working on situations, not necessarily time quarters and all that. He said this this scrimmage was more of uh, all right. If the defense gets a three and out, they come off the field, and you know we, we play it like a game. So uh, more of a true game uh, for this second scrimmage. And uh, there we go. We'll set it up with there. And here's some more of Billy Napier's thoughts on the second scrimmage. Um, I do think that the communication on defense was much better today. Um, I do think that we've made progress um, on that side of the ball from a communication standpoint. You know, I felt like that was impressive uh, today. Um, you know, Xavier Henderson had an exceptional day, made a ton of plays. Um, you know, had a ton of production. The ball went his way, and he made some made some really good plays today. A um, few things to to manage from a turnover standpoint, but um, overall, a lot of growth. You know, I thought we were tougher, we were more physical, 
Um, we tackled better and um, really good situational football. A lot of things we're going to be able to teach off of. I thought um, Montreal and Trevor in particular, um, you know, had some really good runs today. Um, yeah, for the most part, Xavier, I thought, you know, every time I turned around, he was making a play. I do think Andy Jean flashed a little bit today. Uh, he made a handful of plays that I thought, you know, he's starting to look more comfortable. You know, a lot to learn there, but um, had some opportunities. And when given opportunities, he made some plays. There we go. Good to hear some the wide receivers there, Xavier Henderson. Uh, kind of wondering, you know, would you know some of these veteran receivers, not necessarily him, uh, but some of these veteran receivers, uh, maybe get passed up. We hear a lot of Andy Jean, which Billy Napier just named, and and Aiden Mazel. We're hearing a lot about these freshman receivers, uh, and you know maybe it is somebody else who steps up. You know, we we keep all. He's going to be the number one. He's going to be the leader. Uh, but you know, Florida does need some other guys to come along in this wide receiver group. You know, Xavier Henderson did some did some good things last year. I know uh, maybe. Uh, then going back and looking at it, maybe the, the receiver used too much in the screen game and not making enough happen. But there were also plenty of times where he made some guys miss uh, and would get some necessary yardage to convert the, to convert the yardage for a first down. Um, you know, I'm not, not sure how he fits in. Yeah, you know, if this, how much this offense changes. Um, you know, going back and maybe scrapping some things from last year. Um, you're know, getting Ricky more involved in the screen game and, you know, the quick twitch game uh, from the wide receivers, you know. So, you know, uh, it's um, it, eager to see who else is going to step up because we, we, I think we're all looking forward to seeing what these freshmen can do just because the guys who have been here, they, you know, they can elevate their game. If they're not going to elevate their game, then there's some freshmen that's probably going to push them. You know, Aiden Mazel and Andy Jean and Eugene Wilson coming in the fall – you hope those guys push. You know, you'll hear in just a second. You know, the competition on this team is a bit better uh, uh, across the board. Well, okay, uh, you hope it plays out in receiver as well. So maybe it makes an Xavier Henderson better, a Caleb Douglas better. But he, Caleb Douglas had a big catch in the scrimmage tonight as well. So Henderson, Douglas, and you know, you hope a Marcus Burke, and you hope some other guys who have been around. You know, if we're hearing, hey, Mazel's doing good, Gene's doing good. You know, it pushes these guys to do better as well. So uh, not. Absolutely not giving up any type of hope, not giving in too much of it being Ricky Pearsall and then the freshman. No, I, I think you know some of these other guys are going to step up as well. Where we'll hear, where we'll hear their name uh, called when you talk, start talking about receivers. And no surprise, once again, you're hearing Montreal Johnson, you're hearing Trevor Etienne. Those guys have been on the tear all springs, uh, and it's still, still the explosive runs are still there, uh, and uh, absolutely. Love hearing it, and you know it's. Uh, but this was this was a good scrimmage for the defense as well. So you know, Napier's pointing out some offensive players there, and you know, many times they're the easier ones to to do it. And um, but Napier was high on the defense this scrimmage as well. Uh, he said they uh, brought plenty of pressures, uh, communication. And that's probably the thing we want to hear the most. And I'm not even sure we heard that much. Uh, but for Billy Napier to come out and say, "Hey, the communication was better uh, on defense," and look, they. they they probably struggled a bit more because he also mentioned tackling, uh, that, that the tackling was much better on defense. And you know, I think maybe some communication, some tackling were some of the issues in the first scrimmage. 
But it wasn't long after that. I was hearing, all right, maybe they had their best defense, their best practice after the first scrimmage. You know, you take that, uh, you take those learning experiences and you hope that you you grow with them. Uh, But this defense has been coming along pretty good in the last week or so since that first scrimmage. So as he said, pressures, a lot of tackles for losses, the communication much better. And you expect, you know, them to get used to Austin Armstrong, um, you know, as the spring goes along. So, you know, good, but, you know, still, you know, you got to take checks and balances. You got to take the good with the bad. Uh, You know, if you're hearing big runs from these running backs uh, all spring long, well, we know these guys can do that. I won't necessarily call that a mark against the defense. They did that against some good defenses last year. Uh, So, you know, if they're doing it this spring too, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, that means the defense is – can't tackle or that means the defense isn't ready yet that doesn't mean that and that's what spring football is going to be so you got to take the good with the bad uh but you know this defense uh really coming along up front especially these um napier did go into some of the players missing this second scrimmage and it's mostly along the offensive line we'll get into that just a second but uh he's saying that this is where you know the defense has been able to take advantage. The defensive front should be taking advantage, and they are taking advantage of some injuries up front. So very strong presence up front on the defensive line for the Gators. Cam Jackson, Noah Banks, those transfers are paying dividends for the Gators right now. And Chris McClellan is coming along very nicely. It's, it's the, the, we had you know an episode uh, not long ago with Sean Spencer and McClellan talking about themselves and how – you know, you're looking for that year one, the year two jump for Chris McClellan. It sounds like it's happening. All right, practice by practice, rep by rep. He's going to be one of the main cogs, if not the main cog. They're in the middle for this Gator defense. So I think you're going to be able to count on Chris McClellan to make that freshman to sophomore jump if spring is any indication. But there we go. There's some standouts from this second scrimmage. Uh, as you know, you heard Billy Napier say, Xavier Henderson, uh, there's running backs as well. And I mean, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're going to hear, you're going to, you're going to hear, um, names probably filtering out in the next uh, day or so. But of course, I think the defensive line, uh, you, you probably start there, uh, for the defense and with some offensive linemen, uh, missing this, uh, missing this uh, scrimmage, you're going to hear uh, a bit more as well. And you know, Devin Moore, very st- you know, still limited. Jalen Kimber getting reps opposite Jason Marshall uh, in the secondary too. Something. Look, this is going to be a bunch of combinations. Uh, spring, if guys are banged up, you're going to keep them limited. You're not going to rush them and throw them out there uh, and, and maybe re-aggravate an injury or make an injury worse or something like that. So you're going to get a bunch of different combinations. This is what's happening up front right now for the Gators on this offensive line. Um, and you know, we'll hear even more about it in just a second. But you know, the offensive line's got to go with some different combinations because of the injuries they're dealing with. Uh, there's some second, you know, there's there's some depth there for the Gators to play along with. Uh, but yeah, you know, at the same time, you know, they're going to try and get the best five. So Billy Napier's looking for. Uh, all right, let's go some quarterback talk. And Napier on if Mertz has separated himself. Now he would evaluate the quarterback competition. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that we're ready to define that, you know, in the public, um, if that makes sense. But um, what I would say is that Graham Mertz has been impressive to watch. You know, just his maturity, his ability to to learn a new system in a very quick manner. And the most important thing here is that he has forced uh, the other players to rise to the occasion. You know, Jack Miller um, – 
has really made drastic improvement. You know, I mean, I haven't watched Jack feel like, you know, he had, he's out basically the entire season and then we throw him to the wolves in the bowl game, you know, but um, he has really impressed me with his response to the competition. Um, and then Max obviously is a young player who flashes uh, and does a lot of things well and is still learning and, and can be more consistent. So, um, you know, we, 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 don't have, we don't play a game anytime soon, right? And I think uh, one thing that competition has done for both players is made them be on top of their game. So um, I like that variable. We're going to try to keep that variable um, where it's at. Out of the spring game, though, with maybe a, a defined guy, maybe behind closed doors, not publicly, that the team no, um, kind of rallied around a little bit? No, I, don't, I think that they're rallying around both guys because both guys have proven day in and day out that they can be effective. Well, I don't want to make too much of Napier saying both guys, which means Miller and Mertz. So – um, you know, but he did say with you know Max Brown got to be a little more consistent. Kind of hearing the same things uh, there. I know uh, a hot topic uh, of Max Brown and where he fits in this quarterback battle. From everything I can gather, still third behind these two, uh, in, in, in through first the first two scrimmages and through spring practice. Uh, right now, there's no, I know there's a lot of excitement uh, for him, but maybe a little more consistency uh, to come along uh, as well. You, you'll see the highlights and you'll see the good. Uh, and I think there's some good there and maybe some, you know, when it's good, it's really good. <laughs> but maybe the consistency is what's lacking with Max Brand. Look, that's kind of to be expected maybe at this moment. The youngest out of the three, immerse a lot of experience under his belt. Uh, but him coming in and look, that's another thing I, I was at least looking for with this. And one of the reasons you go get another transfer quarterback is you need competition in this room. Not only you need the depth, of course, absolutely you do, but you need the competition too. You can't just couldn't just go get anybody. And at least you do bring in a guy who knows the routine, knows the the game, uh, and can come in at least from that regard. And we'll see what Graham Mertz turns into. Uh, but Billy Napier definitely not ready to uh, at least publicly uh, name and get into a starting. Look, I asked him about that the you know, Monday night when he was here uh, in in Clay County for that. You know, maybe a timeline uh, for naming a starter. But as you said, you know, you keep the competition going. They, they're they're going to keep that variable going right now and that the competition is making all three of these guys better. And it does does sound like, you know, from multiple angles, you know, Napier there, uh, from everything I can gather, it is Mertz Miller right now, you know, right now. That doesn't mean <laughs> the consistency for Max Brown can't get better. The more reps he gets, and we see where that goes. Uh, but for now, it does seem like, uh, you know, Graham Mertz, uh, Jack Miller. Mertz uh, did throw a pick in the uh, second scrimmage, I believe, to Jason Marshall um, there. So, um but he did get the start with the ones first. Uh, Miller got some first-team reps as well. I believe uh, Max Brown running with the third team. So uh, that's how the second scrimmage uh, was going there for the Gators, and that's kind of where it stands right now uh, with the quarterback situation uh, and Billy Napier. And, look, it's not expecting, you know, maybe, maybe after the spring game uh, we, we, we get something uh, I wouldn't think so. You know, Napier kind of probably going to keep that in his back pocket uh, a bit. Uh, so he, you know, the players responding uh, to Mertz and Miller, uh, but uh, probably keeping keeping that. You know, do you go into the Utah game, making them wonder who the quarterback is? You know, do do, do you keep that in your back pocket just a bit? That'd be a storyline worth watching there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, maybe 
what you guys hear, what we hear maybe behind the scenes and see if it's, hey, it's Merch. It's just kind of not, has it been announced? Or if this is going to still be a competition heading into fall, heading into uh, the first game. All right, let's keep it going right here. And we'll transition to the offensive line with Billy Napier. As he was asked about the offensive line uh, in the press conference this evening as well. And that had transitioned us to Darnell Stapleton and Richie Leonard as well. But first, we'll hear from Billy Napier and this offensive line. The new players have affected our team. They've improved our depth. Um, and we are without Jalen Farmer, Cameron Waits. Um, you know, so I think that young players, Najee Harris has become a factor. Um, been really impressed with Richie Leonard's growth. Um, you know, and then obviously Kingsley and Austin – you know, our veteran players. Um, and then the, the other tackles, you know, I think Keontae and Damian have done a nice job, right? So Slaughter has stepped up, right? So I think that group is, you know, we've got a chance to have a good unit. You know, we just got to put five out there. And we practice about 15 guys every day. So a lot of combinations, a lot of contingency plans. So that group – um, and one thing I would say about that group is they're going against a much improved front, right? Taller, longer. Uh, fundamentally, defensive line is much improved. Uh, the edge players, uh, there's a lot of new personnel on the defense. That's forced the offensive line. They're in a very competitive setting every day. There you go. That's what you want here, right? I, I'm not sure how long ago, and, and hopefully it's truthful information there from Billy Napier, but how long we could say that, you know, the whether it be – Florida having a good defensive line and having to go against an offensive line that we know is not very good, or like maybe last year, Florida's offensive line, and we know that group being pretty good, going against a defensive line that we weren't really expecting much from. But now with these transfers on, on both sides and some depth built on both sides now, that this, this is a competition not only within the offensive line room amongst themselves and the defensive line room amongst themselves, but now the offensive line and the defensive line they're going to get going against each other, and hopefully, it is good on good right now. The ones versus the ones for Florida's offensive line versus the ones for Florida's defensive line. Hopefully, you know you're creating some better competition right now that's going to help both of these position groups down the road. And you know, unfortunately, <laughs> right now, Florida's getting the injury bug a bit on the offensive line, and you know, the, the major one uh, being Mike Mazuka, and we'll get into that in just a second from from the, from Stapleton. Uh, but you know you got that one. Uh, he's going to be missing, you know, of course, the rest of spring, and he's back in the fall. But the the other ones, Billy Napier uh, mentioned there as well. But you still have some guys that you know I've been mentioning Jake Slaughter since before spring practice and how he's coming along uh, as as well. So you you know that you hope that he continues to come along and. You know, but probably be that piece. You know, with center guard uh, got some starts starting snaps at center in this scrimmage. So, um, you know, it was a place where I've heard that he probably could push before spring practice, but, you know, with Florida trying to figure some things out, and we'll get into it because some position versatility along the offensive line of where these guys would fit. Uh, but, you know, besides Kingsley now, and you heard me earlier this week where uh, Roger Kearney, the true freshman, is getting some snaps at center too. Well, it looks like Jake Slaughter getting some reps at center getting some reps at guard, and look, that's what Florida's going to have to do. You heard him talk about the combinations. That's what they got to figure out now on this offensive line. Florida may Florida starting five in the fall may not be practicing in scrimmage one together. 
spring scrimmage one together and spring scrimmage two and uh, the, the, the orange and blue game coming up on Thursday night. The starting five Florida takes to Utah may not be the starting five that we're discussing all through spring practice. So you know, spring practice is for that. You, you figure out if some guys go down, you're not going to sit there and, and pressure guys to play through, through injury. So you're going to build some depth along the way. I still think the transfer portal is a very healthy option for Florida to hit to eat. I mean, I know Florida brought in some transfers already along the offensive line. I'm thinking it's going to happen again. Uh, and now with some, with some injuries too, may not be a bad thing, but I think if you can upgrade the offensive line again in the transfer portal, that's going to be a spot that I think Florida can do so. So uh, it's still not going to surprise me one bit for Florida to go get another or two in the transfer portal along the offensive line. And now maybe blessing in disguise that this kind of, these moves kind of, you know, already, already in the mind of, uh, of the staff of going to go and hit the transfer portal because now dealing with a whole bunch of injuries here on the, on the, on the offensive line. So yeah, uh, inner working of the competition there uh, along the offensive line, but I do like hearing that they now go against the defensive line. Uh, that, that can raise uh, the competition as well. So uh, before we continue on with the offensive line, once again, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, but we'll also go through a little bit more of what Billy Napier had to say. Uh, I'll go to the safety room a bit, and he said, quote, it's a room that's doing a lot of work, mainly because of the youth. He, he you know, fully admits the youth, and look, this is another position where Florida can go hit the transfer portal. He said even in, in, in the presser, quote, maybe we'll add a player and, you know, and develop depth here at that spot. Uh, we will be playing young players, and that's by necessity. <laughs> the, 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 the starters that we're talking about right now, Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell, okay, they were true freshmen playing last year. They'll be true sophomores looking like your starters right now. Then, you know, Sharif Denton and your Jordan Castell. You know, I'm throwing nickel in there a bit too, but, you know, specifically for, for the back safeties here, you know, you're looking uh, at Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, Aaron Gates. I mean, those are guys that you're, that you're throwing in the mix right now that are right now your second line behind Wilson and Mitchell. They are going to be young back there. And I do think Florida – absolutely, if there's a player out there worth it, it may be just because you need some experience back there, go get an experience safety in the transfer portal when the portal opens back up for the springtime. So, you know, Napier mentioning just how young they are back there. No surprise to us, but also coming out and saying, Look, yeah, this is going to be a place that we're probably going to hit in the transfer portal. Also talked about the tight end injuries as well. We, we discussed the offensive line injuries, of course, but Dante Xander's at AC sprain may, doesn't sound like it, but may be back for the orange and blue game there. And Oda might be back for fall uh, there. So you know, maybe not ready for fall right away uh, there for Odom, but they um, are saying he's doing the things uh, he's supposed to do. But once again, it is Arliss Boardingham kind of leading the way, uh, so far through this spring at the tight end position, just being a weapon, uh, unguardable at times. And then Hayden Hansen coming along as well as the second tight end right now while Dante Xanders nurses his in- injury. So still some guys there to, to, to take over with Zipper now being out and probably for the year as well. Odom missing spring and now Xanders as well. I mean, Florida went through this in last year. <laughs> with the tight end, just uh, the group getting hit with injuries in spring practice, and it's happening again 
this spring, but at the same time, we were coming into spring and we were just looking at players who could break through. And I, of course, not just me, but others out there, Arliss Boardingham's a, a name to watch. And that name to watch has been breaking through. So you, know, you still want the depth that we're, that we're discussing. And now you know, it's like Florida's only going to be, you know, if you're looking at the three for next Thursday's Orange and Blue game, if Xanders doesn't come back, Boardingham. Hanson, Tony Livingston, uh, another name to look out for. So there's your three tight ends to be looking for on the field next week. So, all right, that would do it right now for the second scrimmage. And, you know, if any more notes or anything come out, you know, we'll be sure to hit on the next episode of Gators Breakdown or so. But let's transition to the offensive line. And we'll start with Darnell Stapleton. And that left guard spot since Micah Mazuka's out. We've had a couple guys that have stepped up since uh, Mazuka's been out. Um, the freshman has gotten some work there, Najee. Um, Christian Williams has gotten reps there. Uh, we've moved different people in the spot. We always t- train these guys. We've got to say position, position flexibility b- brings value, right? So if we teach you more than one thing, if something happens down the line and, we, and somebody happens to go down, it's next man up mentality. So um, you can't live by that if you don't practice that in the spring. Is that positional flexibility concept easier to sell to those guys when there's this many spots open? Um, I wouldn't say it's easy to sell. It has to be something that they believe in as well, right? The better for the unit, the better for the team. Um, but we got selfless individuals. That's what being an offensive lineman is. So uh, if we had to move a tackle to guard or guard to tackle or center out to guard, they're willing to do that for the betterment of the team. How's, how's Najee perform? Just having to step up and maybe get some first-team reps with, with Mizuka out? Najee's been doing a really good job. Um, and, I, and I don't want to shout out the school he went to, but I think they did a really good job of developing him. Um, the game has slowed down for him, which is the biggest thing for a high school guy coming to the college range, especially in the SEC, having the game slow down for them mentally and physically. Um, and, and we're excited about him. He's excited to get the opportunity to show that he belongs. And um, we're just going to keep giving him more, keep pushing him. All right? It's about creating competition in that room. Is he someone who can play center as well, or are you kind of strictly a guard right now? Oh, no, he, he position flex. Right? He played center at IMG, did a really good job there. He moved out to guard at IMG, uh, did really well there uh, again. Uh, it'll help him in his career to be able to do both. There we go. Najee Harris is a name. Uh, I, I spoke about it earlier this week, guys, the, as a name that, as a true freshman, not likely you know, that a true freshman come in and that he's ready. But Harris has been a, a, a name that really has. has gotten his first-team reps, or some of the first-team reps since Mazuka's been out and has really taken advantage, has really impressed his staff as a young freshman. And it's tough. We, we know how tough it is to come into this league Honestly, just college football in general, you know, that's the hardest position to come in and be physically ready to go out there and go snap after snap compared to what you were doing in high school. Uh, So, and especially, especially in this conference, especially in the SEC. I mean, this defensive linemen are no joke in in, in this league. And if you're coming a true freshman and can come in, we've been hearing, I mean, he is getting first team reps and impressing and doing well. And earlier this episode, you just heard, you know, the kind of spiel of how well this defensive line is doing at the same time. And Najee Harris is coming as a true freshman and really fit in. And he's doing it at center and he's doing it at guard. You know, I've been hearing mostly guard about where his life, his success is coming from. But you heard the position versatility there. And you've heard that position versatility with a Jake Slaughter as well. As I think he was getting some center snaps at the second scrimmage. And he's been playing guard as well. So and it's really benefited uh, for, for um, this group and for Florida. And not only just the versatility of 
center guard a bit, but guys being able to switch sides uh, a bit. Sometimes it's not just as easy as, oh, if he can play left guard, he can play right guard. A lot, a lot of times, sometimes that's not as easy. You know, so be, being able to play both sides as well. And look, this is also where Florida's uh, benefit of two offensive line coaches uh, come in as well as being able to spend time uh, with these guys uh, and, you know, the, the teaching that goes along there uh, between Sell and Stapleton. Uh, I think you know, that's why you see this offensive line. And look, I'm expecting another jump from these guys as well. When we talk about the run game, you know what? I'll probably save that. We are going to talk about the run game uh, a bit, but you know, it's also on this offensive line uh, to be a bit more consistent at the same time as it is these running backs. Really good jump last year. And this offensive line was a good offensive line last year. You know, there's a step to be taken. Uh, and maybe so now because guys returning and you have some transfers uh, coming in as well. And hey, Stapleton talked about these transfers, Keontae Goodwin, Damian George, and how vets like Richie Leonard, who we'll also hear from right here, are helping those guys adjust. They're, they're stepping up as well. Like Again, they're a little bit um, not behind, but they have some things to learn. Like Austin's in year two in the system. Both of these guys are in their first two months of really being out there and executing it. So there's still some things that um, they have to um, – kind of lock in from a mental standpoint to be out there and do it at the same level as Austin. But again, competition, you know, is, is what we're trying to create in that room at both those positions so that we get the best of each player. How much do you lean on a guy like Austin to try and help Keontae and Damian maybe take that step to, you know, learning what they need to learn and then um, kind of really? Well, we're we, we going to ride Kingsley. We're going to ride Austin. We're going to ride Richie Leonard. Like those are the guys that been here with us. Um, played some snaps, quality snaps for us. They know what the standard expectation is. Um, so we're going to rely on them because we know that pure accountability is dangerous, right? When your teammate checks you on the field, on the locker room, it's different than when a coach checks you, right? It, it's kind of the, like I said earlier, I had older guys doing it for me. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's only right because, you know, we got a lot going on at practice. A coach might not always see you take a 12-inch step instead of a 6-inch step, you know, but if I'm sitting there watching, you know, I can I can correct them because I know this is how it should be done, you know, so yeah. What's the tone of that? Because I guess you could, it could be misconstrued as he's coming down on me. How do you keep the tone as like, hey, I'm trying to help you versus this old head's coming down. Yeah, it's always it always should be more of a conversation than a than an argument. You know, talk to a guy, tell him you know this is what you see, and and you know usually we're all older guys that have played, so the younger guys will take what we're saying you know pretty well. Um, we don't really have any guys with attitude problems or anything like that who would take it in, a, in an offensive way. So yeah, it's a it's a good room to be a part of. And this might be the position group in the in the room where. You know, that experience of having year one really paid off. You know, Florida could only lean on, and rightfully, you know, and thankfully so, Osiris Torrance coming in and his offensive lineman being able to be around him and not, you know, kind of pick his brain for experience. Well, now all these transfers, Goodwin, George, all these freshmen coming in as well. Yeah. Now, as you heard Stapleton say, now they can go to Austin Barber. They can go to Richie Leonard. They can go to Kingsley Aguagan and pick their brains about this offense. And now these players can also share it with these players just on their own, uh, being away from the coaches. You know, you need that leadership. You need that leadership on, on, on a football team, especially in the early stages. And also for Florida, you know, just trying to build upon what they did last year and just become a better team, you know, dig out of this hole that they've been in the last couple of years. And it has been the first time that we could rely on an offensive line 
like we could last year and feel good about an offensive line last year. We want, to, we want that to continue. And I do think that there's a good nucleus of players here from Austin Barber, Richie Leonard, who played a lot last year. May not have started, but did play a lot last year. You know, Kingsley to go along with the, with these uh, – you know, these transfers who have some SEC experience, you know, so they, they, they're not hitting the ground, you know, so green uh, as the true freshmen are. So now you get to th- just the sharing of information, everything not being so new. And I really think it probably helps this position group uh, a bit more just because of the transfers out that Florida had. And now you're bringing some transfers in, some new faces in that you, you know, you don't necessarily want to have to rely on. But if, if, if a Najee Harris and, and a Kearney can come in right away, and you know, prove it. You know, it's going to be a lot because of how they were treated and how they were led by this experienced group here. So the player sharing of experience, I think, is 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 pretty big uh, going along here in this position versatility. One more, um, as Stapleton was discussing Damian George, he did say now, and you know, we were wondering about this and. Rob Sale was pretty much making it sound like, uh, you know, this was early on in spring, so things can change because Florida's had some injuries now. That Damian George was made it sound like maybe he was just going to stay at tackle. Uh, but maybe in just emergency cases only. And we know he has the experience. He played both at Alabama. Damian George is playing some guard at Florida right now. He did say uh, earlier this week that he was, that Damian George was lining up at guard. So that position versatility is still going to be there. And look, it could just be in case of emergency uses. You heard Billy Napier say, you know, what they're, what they're dealing with up front right now. They're dealing with some injuries. They got a bunch of combinations up there right now. It should come as no surprise. If you've got a guy coming in with experience, SEC experience, playing both positions that Damian George is now playing both tackle and guard right now. So it, it, it's a benefit for Florida. Uh, if, you know, it comes along and say, you know, it, the, the, the thought is, Goodwin and George fighting for that right tackle spot. And that could still be the case. It probably still is the case. Okay, but say it's beneficial for Florida to get their best five out there. Say Goodwin and George are not separating themselves all that much. Both are playing really well. All right, well, now you got the luxury of Goodwin playing right tackle, and now George playing right guard. If it's that even and George doesn't bring you that big of a benefit over Goodwin, well, Goodwin now can play right tackle. George can play right guard. You know, so that you, you need that position versatility if it's there, and if Goodwin can earn the job at right tackle, that affords you the you know time to play. We'll see what Mazuka and that, that might play a, a role in this too. If he's back able to come in and play left guard, Richie Leonard's there at right guard. You know, maybe Goodwin's more of a you know a, a backup there for George. So. That's why I said you, th- there's still a lot to like about this offensive line. You know, you look at the names and you can name some depth pieces here uh, and where guys fit in. You know, the Goodwin-George battle, the Jake Slaughter, where he fits in, Najee Harris coming along as well. I mean, you know, start, going with your starting five, you start adding some names there. You can get the seven or eight pretty easy. Give us a couple more. Give us a couple more right here, and I think you start feeling even better about this offensive line. But the position versatility, I think, really going to come into play with this Keontae Goodwin, Damian George, right tackle battle. If it doesn't work out for George there, I think you got a guy who can come in and play some guard. Uh, well, we heard from him a bit and didn't get to hear from him a whole lot because you know he was just kind of breaking through a bit last year. But his Darnell Stapleton and Richard Leonard on Richard Leonard's growth and what they're looking for from him this year. 
Richie, as I call him, yeah, that's my guy. Again, you know, he's he's not what you're gonna say uh, prototypical, but from a, from a standpoint of what he knows and how he goes out there and plays and his instincts, like he plays big. I'm gonna put it that way, right? He might not be the biggest in stature, all right, but when he goes out there and plays, he knows exactly what to do, exactly how to do it, and he's effective. And that's what it comes down to: can you get in front of your guy and block him? Mentally, on the mental side of it, you know, I feel like in my earlier years here, I wasn't ready to play. Uh, I might have been ready to play physically, but not mentally. Um, so, you know, trying to take that step forward and, and be a little bit more mature, uh, especially heading into this year, trying to take over that starting role. So. Do you know that in the moment? Like, or, or when you're a freshman, you think, like, man, they're just, they're not giving me a chance. But you, but now as an older guy, you think, okay, I wasn't mentally there. Or do you know that in the moment that you're not there or something you reflect on now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, as an older guy, looking back, you know, it's like, you, I wasn't ready, you know. As a freshman, you know, I, I was mad at everybody, you know, just just immature still. But sure. but looking back on it, I wasn't I wasn't ready to play SEC football at the time. What's it require yeah. to be patient? Um, honestly, it just it sounds like you yeah. weren't always. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's hard, you know, coming in and being a young guy and not playing as as much as you want to offer it. But seeing a lot of older guys that have that went through that same process I went to, you know, uh, when I got here my freshman year, I was looking at older guys like Brett Heggie and Stone Forsyth and those guys did everything right. Um, so seeing older guys like that wait their turn um, and just prepare and work hard while while you're waiting your turn. Um, seeing older guys like that really helped me out. Yeah, it's not going to be the same for everybody. You know, <laughs> Richard Leonard that did go on to say uh, in his press conference, hey, look, somebody like Najee Harris is impressive how he can come come in right away and, and do the things he's doing because I couldn't do that. You know, I needed time, and I realize it now that I needed the time. I didn't realize it at the time, but I realize it now uh, that I needed I needed that time. I needed to grow, and now he's going to share his experience with a Najee Harris and a Roger Kearney. It doesn't come along. Uh, often and not only you know, for offensive line, it's not just you. You know, you got four other guys that are relying on you, uh, a quarterback that's relying on you, a running running back that's relying on you. It's not just you know, especially for the the offensive line and that moniker five equals one. You know, you're looking for a group that can play together. You know, yeah, you, you might uh, you, you might think it's just about you, but it's how you interact with the four other offensive linemen at the same time. So you know, there's some learning experience there for for Richie Leonard, and I'm I'm excited to see where where he fits in. I mean, it's uh. Whether he, I would assume he's going to earn a starting role, um, but that's what I'm saying. Florida's got some options at, at, at guard. Maybe he doesn't earn a starting role, or maybe kind of similar to what he did last year. You know, he maybe starts or uh, comes in and still plays a lot. You know, last year, I mean, Ethan White came off the field a bit, so they could put Richie Leonard in, and there were times he looked better than Ethan White. What does that mean for this year? As I said, you know, you get Slaughter is coming along nicely. Harris is coming along nicely. Mazuka should be back. I mean, there's four guys right there that I think we're looking at guard right now. And we know we can count on Richie Leonard. We know we can. So at the bare minimum, you're getting what you got last year from him. You know, hopefully he's taking another step. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where, you know, a guy that you just haven't heard from a lot and just kind of steadies himself and, and builds himself to the program, development. Development. We don't have to see it day one. And as we, I know we get caught up in that. And if, if, if we don't hear from a guy in year one, but in the offensive line, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. And especially you know, in, this, in this league, sometimes development's needed. And you heard Stapleton say, look, it may not look the prettiest at, at, at times with a guy like Richard Leonard, but he does the things he's supposed to do. And he's successful by doing those things. So, all right, we'll keep it going. Just a couple more here. And, um, 
Donald Stapleton on the importance of Kingsley Aguacan. Kingsley works at his craft. There's, uh, I think, you know, talking about guys that care and, and it matters to them, he's one of those guys. So he's going to work at it. And then we're going to do some things to help him when it comes to, you know, how we're snapping the ball and cadence and stuff like that. So that's on us as coaches as well to help put him in a situation where he's comfortable with that. But um, I fully expect that to not be an issue this year. And that soundbite was on, you remember those penalties Kingsley had last year? And look, we'll, we'll be frank, we'll be truthful, you know, inexcusable penalties. Uh, there for some of the false starts that he was having, and then um, I think some of the personal fouls there at, at times last year, uh, toward late late in the year as well. So you know, you, you um, here Jake Slaughter, you get some first team reps in, in, in the second scrimmage, and you know, maybe there's a battle uh, going on there. Maybe it's a uh, you know a, a push uh, happening uh, at the center position at, at the same time. So competition's not a bad thing, you know. If we or maybe it's just to see how. Jake Slaughter will look in case Kingsley Walken goes down. Uh, so, you know, there's plenty of ways to look at Jake Slaughter getting a lot of first team reps in the second scrimmage at the center spot. But, you know, Kingsley came along pretty good two years ago. Uh, and we were looking for a, a step last year. And you know, he was still played okay, but it was just some of those mental errors that he's got to get over, especially the experiences he is now. Uh, and you hope that he, you know, he's passing his experience down. You don't want to see those inexcusable penalties, uh, the lack of concentration penalties, especially at your center spot. You know, the leader, uh, uh, one of your leaders of your offense, leader of that uh, offensive line group. You want to see Kingsley come along uh, right here. So, all right, we'll wrap it up right here. Richard Leonard on this running game and these running backs. I hope it's just as well as last year, um, if not better. You know, we've got a bunch of guys who, who love to put their hand in the ground and, and run the ball. That's our model. Let's run the ball. So, yeah, it should be good. Well, this how, how have, how's Trevor and Montreal kind of taking the next step? And, and what do you think of Carroll, too, in the mix now? Oh, yeah, Trevor and Montreal are, you know, going into this next year, year two in this system. Uh, I guess year three for Montreal, but year two here at Florida, it, it's only going to get better for those guys once um, – you know, like I said, it's it's another year in the program, another year in the offense under their belt. So, yeah, and Cam Curl is a dude. <laughs> He's a dude. Big physical back. Uh, I, I like Bob for him. He makes my job really easy. <laughs> what about Trayon Webb? What stands out about him? I know Ooh, he's early vision. Rolling, He's yeah. got great vision. He's real patient. You usually don't see young running backs with that type of patience that, that Trayon Webb has, but he's he's impressed me a lot too this spring. That's good to hear. We haven't heard a whole lot about uh, Trayon Webb, of course, a uh, freshman coming in. Uh, fourth running back right now, but we've you know, got a little spill there. And look, we know what we're getting from ETN. We know what we're getting from Johnson. Those guys practice in, practice out, first two scrimmages as well, have done what you would have expected them to do. Cam Carroll comes in. We see the highlight last week. There's number 27. No, that's not Damian Pierce. That's Cam Carroll running over guys. He's going to be a weapon. And third downs for him, I'm telling you, he's going to be the, the running back you're going to be looking for on third down. One Cam Carroll. And then you hear from Trayon Webb, the vision. I mean, you like hearing that about a true freshman running back coming in. He's got that type of vision. I'm not sure I've seen that type of vision from a true freshman before. Richie Leonard's basically saying there. I mean, this staff, they know how to recruit and develop running backs. They know how to recruit and develop offensive linemen. This, the tandem between offensive linemen and running backs under this staff, I don't think we're going to question it too much. I, I, I really don't. And it may, yes, I'm a stars matter guy, all that stuff. You know that. I'm not going to shy away from that. You know, yes, I think, you know, better offensive line recruiting is needed. Running backs, I think they're doing a pretty good job at running back. 
you know, maybe elevate at some spots in, in, along the offensive line. But as far as development goes, and mostly as far as recruiting goes, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna look back and question it all that much. We may question it in the moment, but given the reputation at Louisiana, given what we saw last year, and now you hope you build on that. You hope it's an experience that the running game's even more consistent. I love the big runs. Give me some more of those five, six, seven-yard runs. Become better pass catchers. Maybe that's a better part of the offense as well with a quarterback change. Maybe Billy Napier inserts the running backs in, in, in the passing game a bit more. You know, there's a couple of variables there about getting the, the running backs into the, in, into the passing game a bit. Something I, I'd love to see. But Richard Leonard describing what he sees from true freshman Trayon Webb, it's exciting. And I think, you know, that gives Florida – Get for a fourth back right there if something happens that Mike can come in, much like Trevor Etienne did last year as a true freshman, and come in and make some plays. All right, there we go. Getting you caught up from the second scrimmage, hearing from Billy Napier, hearing from Darnell Stapleton, Richie Leonard along the offensive line, keeping the spring practice covers going for you Gator fans. But that would do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. That really, really helps us out right here on YouTube if you're catching the replay. Also, thank you very, very much. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.